Hello and welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Coming up, we'll hear from all eight FNB Premier League coaches as we look ahead to a huge season of local football. Can CI champion Saints repeat their remarkable unbeaten domestic campaign? Will North's young talent take them to a first title in seven years? And with Manza no more and big changes at Rangers and Rec, will the competition be closer than ever? I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me to discuss all that is the editor of Guernsey Press Sport, Gareth Brevo. Hi, Tony. The editor of the Guernsey Press and all-round football badger, Jim Fowler. Hi, Tony. <laughs> and one of Rec's new Galacticos, Harry James. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Good to see you guys. Um, football's back, I suppose, as the only sort of, well, serious playing member of the pod. Harry, how's pre-season been? Yeah, brilliant. It's, <laughs> it's nice to be back. It's the first pre-season I've done in a few years, so it's certainly taken its toll on me personally. But yeah, <laughs> it all seems to be going pretty well, yeah. Well, good performance in the Interfirm Relay. You look like you've got some, <laughs> some running in those legs. Um yeah, it all kicks off with the Premier League on Friday night. North hosting Saints. That's after the two sides meet on Tuesday night in the Martinet League winners against FA Cup champions. Um, but of course, we've already had a good look at the Guernsey sides in the Rawlinson Cup. Um, Rovers beating North 4-1 in the final on Friday night. Uh, Jim, you were at that one. How much can we read into the result and the performances? Only really that Rovers were pretty decent and North were pretty poor. Um, you know, I had no idea really what was what was going to happen in the game Rovers had strolled through their uh, first round game and their semi-final you know and really you know hadn't been challenged at all winning 4-0 and 5-0 and I think both of those could have been you know comprehensively more Uh, but the first 20 minutes they got absolutely stuck into North who couldn't hold the ball for for Toffee and uh, you know they were 2-0 up could have been more and frankly it was almost game over. Rovers did it last year winning the Rawlinson and, and perhaps yeah, didn't mount a, kind of much of a challenge in the end. Um, yeah, it, Is it sort of same again do you think for them or was there a bit more going on down there at Portsmouth? I think there's a sense of change and it's not so much the uh, sense of change at Rovers uh, but more uh, the what's going to happen at North and St Martins. Um, you know last year Rovers were were hit with various um, commitments and ailments, which meant they lost best part of a team, uh, whereas North and Saints just got stronger. This year looks like the boot's on the other foot, and that may well provide a bit of intrigue as the season goes on. Well, let's go team by team then, shall we, and, and start with the sort of two kind of heavyweights, I suppose, of the last couple of years, St. Martins and North. Um, Saints, obviously champions for the last three completed seasons, Invincibles last term, Channel Island champions as well. Um, here's what their coach, Leon Meekin, told me. Squads refreshed um, slightly. Um, we, well, we've had a good break, first and foremost, which I think was needed after the last couple of years with a couple of stop-start type seasons um, so to have a, a proper summer off um, a decent break uh, we, we returned to training about three weeks ago and uh, from that moment everybody's raring to go and really looking forward to the season as I mentioned there's been a, a few ins and outs in the squad as well but uh, we're pretty much um, as we were last year number wise and quality wise so uh, yeah we're looking forward to to getting going on uh, Friday night yeah, and obviously last season was so successful for you guys and, and it resulted in such a busy and, I suppose, intense kind of end to the season as well. Do you feel like you're in the kind of shape to, to sort of repeat that feat last year and be, be competitive at the sort of business end of every competition? Well, look, we, yeah, we want to be competitive in, in as many competitions as we can. Um, let's be honest, to, to match the achievements and, and, and what we did last season is going to be difficult. We're, we're under no illusions of that, but we uh, we want to... 
you know, go as far as we can in every single competition, same as we have done in the last three, four, five years. We feel very much as we did this time last season, confident um, in our abilities, uh, but we're not looking backwards. We're, we're only looking forwards now. Um, so, yep, we're Channel Line champions, but that's last season. This is this season. And uh, if we want to be in that final again um, in May, we've got to go and win the league. And in terms of the, the personnel changes, do you have to sort of adapt to, to those new players or do you sort of hope that they fit into the system that you've kind of, I suppose, you've sort of demonstrated over the last couple of years? No, not at all. I think uh, the system remains in place. Those that are coming in uh, are almost like-for-like like replacements in, in many respects. Um, you know, they, they've kind of seen the way we play and the, the way we want to play. Uh, they've fitted in really well into pre-season. A couple of the lads have played played for us before, um, so they know what we're all about. And there's a couple of new faces as well. So it's exciting to, to work with new players. Um, I think Danny and uh, Jason, obviously, are, are committing to GFC this season. George, um, George Mason, Louis Hunter, both... Uh, traveling and um, Ben Solway's moved to the US to study so that's that's five out but in come Josh Addison uh, Rory um, Nigel Hutton uh, Harvey Lear and, and Steve Renner so um, Nigel hasn't played for a, for a couple of years four or five years perhaps um, so it's exciting to see him playing again um, Rory played for Saints you know a number of years ago um, so we're, we're, we're glad to welcome him back. And, and obviously, we've got a bit of a goalkeeping situation uh, with, with Jason and Josh available um, available for us, hopefully, part of the season. They've both committed to GFC, but clearly they both can't play for GFC every week. So um, it'll be interesting to see where Tony goes with his goalkeepers this season and um, how much Jason and Josh are available for us. For you as a coach... Um... Obviously, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the last couple of years have, have been pretty demanding. Have you, have you still got the hunger there to, to kind of to press on and keep those levels high? Yeah, absolutely. I think it would have been easy for me to walk away at the end of last season with, with the season we had, um, especially with, with um, PC moving back to the UK. So um, we've, we've got another, uh, a new coach in, so fresh ideas, um, a fresh voice for the squad, which I think is important um, because... You know, quite clearly, I've been in the in the role for five seasons now, and they're probably getting a little bit bored of my voice. But um, Jake Lehman stepped up from from youth and minis football to to assist me this year, and and he's been a, he's been great in pre season. Uh, that fresh voice is really important when we've got kind of a consistent group. I think so. Um, it's kind of given me a, another energy and another kick on for this season, and I'm looking forward to it. And obviously, there's been a you know, fair amount of movement, you know, sort of across the league. Um, obviously, um, you know, pretty busy at Rangers at Velrec as well. Do you expect the whole division to be more competitive than it was last season? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, not just those two clubs, but obviously with with Manza folding, there, there were more players on are going to be on the move. Um, but all, it's also been interesting to see the number of players committing to GFC as well. So I think that's that's uh, going to be really interesting for a lot of clubs just to see how how that's managed. Um, as I mentioned with, with Jason and Josh, um, they can't both play every week for GFC, and it's it's going to be the same with the numbers committing to to, to that club. That uh, you know how long people stick by if they if they don't get game time. Um, so uh, where they where they end up in the league, um, whether they end up in the league, I don't know. It's it's going to be a really really interesting league, and, it, and it's great to see so many you know commit to GFC and, and try and push themselves forward as well. Leon Meek in there. Uh, Gareth, Saints had an incredible season last year, didn't they? Um, can they do it again? Um, I'll suggest they won't be un- invincible this year, Tony. Um, I think quite a lot will depend on on how many of their number do actually give sort of the GFC um, 
Uh, or take the GFC route this season. Obviously, Jason Martin has already started playing a goal from Jake Lowe played some pre-season with GFC. So um, there might be a bit of um, well, a bit of a transition, I suppose, at, at Saints. They will be very strong again, though. Um, they'll certainly be in contention. Um, I think the way that Leon's built his sort of culture at that club, the, the whole squad sort of buy into it. It's very much a, a, a team ethic down there. And, um, yeah, I'd say they'd go close again. Um, would I put my money on them? Possibly. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they'll be an invincible side this season. Yeah, and Harry, you've made the switch from Blanche Pierre Lane down to Corbett Field. Um, so, yeah, have to be careful about what you say. But uh, clearly, um, yeah, it's been such a successful um, sort of mini era for Saints already. Do you think they can continue sort of building that legacy of this, this sort of current setup? Yeah, I think over the last two years, it's proved you can't really bet against Saints no matter what, no matter who they're missing. Um, yeah, as Gareth was saying, the way that Miki sort of built built the club ethos, if you like, is just that winning mentality. Doesn't really matter who's playing; the players still seem to get it done. You know, we were playing we were playing them in the Rawlinson, and they were missing quite a few players. And we gave them a good game up until the sort of the 70, 75th minute, and then brought in a few youngsters and just killed us off right at the end. Which is what Saints have tend to done, even when things aren't going too well over the last few years. They still seem to get those results. Obviously, they have lost quite a few important players. Someone like losing like someone like Danny Hale to GFC, if he fully commits, would be huge because Danny is just such a spark and just can make things happen out of nowhere. George Mason will be a big loss while he's away. I'm not sure how long he's away for. But um, yeah, Jay, it looks like Jake Lowe's going to play for Saints over the course of the season and not commit to GFC. Jason Martin goes to GFC. In theory, would have been big, but then Josh Allison's just coming at Saints now. So they're still pretty set in terms of a goalkeeper. Sign Rory Moriarty, obviously. Uh, Harvey Lee, who's come in, Steve Reynolds come in. So it's definitely still a strong squad. I agree with Gareth, probably not quite as strong as last season. And I think the Prio title race will be a little bit closer, especially with Rovers looking good. But I still would probably back Saints to do pretty well and at least be very much in and around there in all, in all competitions this year. Yeah, so a bit of change, uh, Jim, at, at BPL. But do you think their other Prio title rivals will see a, a bit of a chink in the armour? The early weeks of the season will uh, will have a pretty good indication of, of where we might be going, I wonder. Um, you know, Saints, in the end last year, would win come what may. Uh, it seemed in games, you know, outplayed for half an hour or so, then, you know, come back, get what they needed. Uh, you know, if they started the season similarly, this, you know, if they were able to keep winning this year, maybe that would, momentum would build quite quickly. If they didn't, maybe things would change. Yeah, well, let's move on to North now. They've been there and thereabouts, haven't they, for the last few years. They probably should have won or they would have won in that COVID-impacted season. And they've probably not quite pushed Saints as close as they would have liked in the last couple of years. They've got a, a much-talked-about youth um, system there and uh, you know, producing a lot of talent at the moment. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see uh, how much of an impact they can make this season. Um, let's hear it from their coach, Jose Alvarez. We started... Uh, later than most uh, teams because we finished pretty late uh, we want to give the guys uh, a decent break um, but since we've been back uh, the team looked good we've been training really well we had three games uh, we played Jersey St. Peter's uh, we went to Jersey to play St. Peter's and in the first game and it was very good and uh, obviously in the rallying song, um, we we have managed to use the whole squad and uh, it's been pretty good. The preparation so far is uh, has been very good. Player wise, have you have you had any significant signings? Any any significant departures? Uh, yes. Yeah, well, we we have uh, lost a few players to GFC, um, especially in precision. A lot of pe- the people would have seen a lot of North players. Uh, 
been involved with ESC. Uh, but we have signed uh, uh, three ex-Northerners in Jack Domile and Cray, uh, Cray Young and Leroy. Uh, what I've been, it's been in pre, Leroy, uh, Leroy Relay, where it's been pretty good. Um, it's been, it's, the squad is a bit different to last season, but uh, I think we're still competitive. And we're looking forward to the season, really. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about North youngsters in the last couple of years. Some really <laughs> impressive, some really impressive players um, coming through the system there. Um, yeah. The players you just mentioned, you know, obviously you've brought a bit of experience in as well. Um, is that? Do you feel like you've got a real good mix of, of youth and experience heading into this one? Yes, we have. We, the mixture is is pretty good. Um, yeah, like you say, the youngsters. Uh, they, uh, we have a good, a good setup. Credit to the minis coaches and youth coaches, have been doing a great job, and uh, it's a credit to the club. Um, yes, the, there is more to come um, in the younger years. What is good for the looking good for the club, and yes, we we have already few of the of the youngsters involved with GFC. Um, yes, and we we. we the the mixtures in the with the in the in the team is pretty good uh, with the people the people that we already have there like River uh, Simon Marley you know they they uh, veterans uh, players and with the with the youngsters coming on they coming into a very strong group and they could have, they couldn't have a, a better group to come into. Obviously, St. Martin's um, come to you guys on the, the first weekend of the season. How big a kind of marker is that for, for where you guys will be at kind of competitively? <laughs> yeah, well, we already played them a couple of days ago. We had to play them on Tuesday and then we played them. On the... We're going we're gonna to see each other quite a lot. Um, it is the first game of the season. It, won't, uh, it, it is really important uh, to start well. And more than anything, mentally, um, to set you up for the season. Um, but it's just three points. Uh, to me, uh, three points, uh, like any other. And it's just the beginning of the, of the season, you know. Um, San Martin is a very, very good, a very good team. I know that they have, like us, they have lost some players, but they have signed some very good players too. And to me, they they the team to beat again. You know, they deserve to be the favourites because after last season, uh, fantastic season they had, and they deserve to be the favourites without any doubt. And you, you know, obviously, you guys probably would have wanted to run them a little bit closer last year. Didn't you know? It didn't quite happen in the end. Is that you know the hope for you that you can be right in the mix? You know, for as yeah, long as, well, as long we, as possible. We, we we hoping to uh, I believe we can we can challenge like I say from the first day North has to and, uh, to challenge for every competition the the the, the team enters you know and if you get beaten in the end by a better uh, team in the day you congratulate them and just move on and try to improve um, but the mentality of the club is you have to challenge for every every competition that you enter uh, last season. We had a good season. The numbers are very good, 
but we've we've uh, we encountered uh, a team who had I think it's the best season in the history, and that is <laughs> that is that was something something else. You know, to 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 do what they they did is is incredible achievement. Jose Alvarez, uh, North coach, speaking to me there, Jim. What do you reckon about North this season? Well, having seen uh, them on Friday night, um, I thought the, the selection w- was very interesting. But apart from Owen Woolbridge, all the youngsters are on the bench. Uh, and what you're starting to see at North, I think, and this came through a little bit in the Stranger last year when they lost all their kids to the Guernsey under-18s, is that the, the, the squad, the, that North rump, uh, particularly if there's Sam Murray isn't there, is now looking to, starting to look quite old. Uh, and so they've got a real issue to think about how they're going to blend the senior players in the squad with the teenagers and to come up with a winning formula. Uh, no doubt, you know, North again, very always very good at grinding out results. Uh, I've found over over the years certainly seem to have always had a number o- o- over overs. Um, but you know, Friday night was you know was totally different, and you know you just wonder you know how committed to the uh, Rovers, uh, sorry, a North's 18s going to be. Uh, how often will they be playing? Will they have other commitments outside of football? Uh, that will be very interesting. I mean, I think the, the, the selection possibilities at Northfield are, you know, intriguing. And I wonder how that's going to shake down. Yeah, of course, last season, you know, we saw a couple of those sort of products go on to, to bigger, better things. Uh, Keen Domar for GFC and, and Ben AC kind of moving rapidly on to Bristol City. Um, but it seems like there are a whole host of other um, sort of names ready to kind of fill those slots. And it was pretty exciting, Gareth, at the end of last season to see them producing on the pitch. Jamie Smith, in particular, um, w- was brilliant in the, the couple of cup finals um, towards the end of the season. How, how excited are you to see them play and, and take their chances here? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I really was really impressed by the under-18s last year. And like you say, Tony, most of those were North players. And um, certainly the, the manner of football and the maturity they showed in those games as the under-18s against sort of senior Prio sides was, was very impressive. Um, I hope that several of their number do step up for North. Obviously, with North missing now, probably Sam Murray, if he's going to do GFC, um, guys like that, you need people to step up. Like you say, Jamie Smith was really impressive in that, and certainly in the Stranger Cup final. Um, George McNeil also scored in that one, and he's a good player. Um, it's, it's pretty typical of North, isn't it, to just have a really strong sort of youth set up here. So um, if, if they play with that sort of maturity they played with as the under-18 side, I, th- I think they could um, put together a really good season. Whether they've quite got enough uh, sort of strength and depth after sort of the Rawlinson final result you perhaps just a few sort of question marks hanging over them but um, I imagine they'll be in contention by the end yeah Harry how much are you looking forward to coming up against those young guns at North <laughs> yeah it's gonna be interesting I can't wait can't wait to play that derby again um, <laughs> yeah hopefully I get the opportunity to play it while I'm while I'm over at some point but yeah North are going to be strong once again they always are um, again, I think it's massively GFC dependent though, because if they lose Sam Murray consistently over the season, and then that's so many of their goals gone because he's you know he's good for 25, 26 pre-o goals every season, and if you lack that, where's the firepower going to come from? They've got a lot of talented youngsters, as as um, Gareth and James have said, like a lot of really good under 18s, but how many of them are real goal scorers when you look after? If you lose to Keen Domar for the whole season, if you lose Sam Murray, if you lose Joe Alvarez, Brandon Wallace maybe as well, I'm not sure where the goals are going to really come from at that club. Tom Voden as well will be big at the back if they lose him to GFC. He's really come on in the last couple of years. 
But there is such a strong squad there. They looked really good last season. Didn't quite push Saints as much as I thought, because on paper, I don't think the squads were too dissimilar, really, in terms of quality, especially last year. But I do think it has, GFC has a massive factor on how strong Saints and North are going to be over the course of the season and how much of a title challenge both sides can really mount. So I think it's definitely one to watch over the first couple of months, see where the players' commitments lie, and then you can probably make a better judgment of how the season will go. But right now, I think it's anyone's game, to be honest. Yeah, it does seem like, sort of more so than at any stage in the last few years that that, that kind of a clutch of players have, have kind of come into the GFC setup. There's been a bit of a, a refresh, hasn't there, there? So, yeah, really interesting to see um, which direction things go um, at the top of the table. Now, coming on to two sides who have undergone sort of big changes over the course of the summer, Rangers and Rec. Let's start with with Rangers, the, uh, the Rangers revolution. We'll, we'll hear from Rob Batiste, director of football, um, shortly. But let's hear from their new coach first, Chris Tardiff. We've um, we've been working hard on and off the pitch, and it's it's not just something that's happened in the last few weeks of pre-season. So this has been uh, a long time planning from the guys um, from the board who sort of took over prior to my uh, announcement, and then obviously um, working with Prev and Andy, um, trying to get things right. And we always knew this was going to be a a long-term job, uh, a project, um, and we've been working very hard to put in place the foundations that we want to build from. Um, we've tried different things uh, in pre-season uh, and we know where we are um, ready to start the season now. And that's on and off the pitch. Are you, are you sort of happy with the setup you've got going into this season? Yeah, really. As I've said in previous um, comments, that uh, my two biggest signings really were um, Andy and Prev get, getting the coaching staff right. And now I, I've taking on uh, Mandy as sort of a, a club sports therapist, which is great for us as well. Um, so so we're getting all those key pieces in place, ready to go. So what I've always wanted to do is get everything right off the pitch so then the guys can concentrate on just playing and not have any worries outside of that. And just allows us as a coaching team to, to do our job properly on the pitch. It wasn't a case that we were going trying to chase down lots and lots of signings. We um, first and foremost, we want people that want to come and play for the club um, and see and be there as part of the start of sort of the evolution of what we're doing. Um, so we've we've obviously got Shep uh, in goal um, that's come in. Um, unfortunately, we've lost Reese um, to Bells, but that's fine. We we move on again from there. Uh, Marlon's come in as a striker um, and we've got a few other players that have sort of been in and around football or just outside of football and come back in um, so yeah we, we've got a great little squad going on now um, and we're starting to become a squad and that was one of the big parts of us building a whole squad ethos and a culture at the club and in the last couple of weeks I've started to feel that in training which is um, a great result for us Have you set yourselves a target this year? Yes is it a public one? Can you can you talk about what your what your sort of aims are and what would represent a good season? Um, look, the, a good season is twofold. Um, yes, I've got, everyone will look at how we uh, play on the pitch and, and results on the pitch. Um, and yeah, we we have an idea. We want to be competitive first and foremost. We want to be competitive in every single game we play. Um, we will get results if we're competitive. Um, we'll get results we should get and hopefully nick a few other results that um, potentially people wouldn't think we'd get. So that was always our first aim. Can we be competitive in every single game we play this season? Um, where that takes us is sort of in the lap of the gods, if you like, a little bit. Um, can't always control a result 
on on the pitch. But um, I would like us to be uh, up a few places from where we were last season um, and just being competitive all the way through the season. If that takes us into the sort of top half of the bottom half, if that makes sense, then great. Chris Tardiff speaking to me there. Um, yeah, huge changes at Rangers. Obviously, a lot of ambition at the club. We heard from a couple of the, the people sort of pushing things forward off the pitch towards the end of last season. They're going to be playing down at the KG5 um, this year. It's almost like everything's new at Rangers and there's a bright new future. Is that how it looks to you, Jim? Uh, I think they would hope there's a bright new future. I've got to admit, I didn't... I haven't seen as many transfers in as I think that they were possibly expecting. I know they weren't trying to, you know, re-engineer a whole Prio team because they do have a rump of players which, you know, from their own uh, youth set up or just out of youth who, uh, who were uh, competent and capable at that level. But I would have suspected they'd be looking for a spine, you know, perhaps four or five players sign. You know, there's only two big names really: the goalkeeper Sev Shepherd and um, uh, Marlon Jardim up front. And uh, you know, they're the only two names that have signed. It'd be interesting to see if anybody else uh, pops up on the scene who makes some kind of impact. But you know, I think for Rangers, look, the the aim has to be you know some improvement. You know, you don't want to finish bottom again for sure. If they were to finish. Fifth or sixth, even I would say that would be a result for them. And then it's a matter of, you know, of, of continually making those those little strides. You know, when you go from I've seen it before when teams go from bottom to top of the table, even over half a season, it rarely sticks. Um, and so you know, Rangers have so arguably you know the transfer business has been okay if that moves them up a couple of places. But I don't think we should be looking for any um, uh, title challenge yet. As I say, Gareth, they're going to be playing down at KG Five. Um, so there's a sort of there's a kind of physical change to the whole setup as much as um, kind of you know in terms of the the sort of image of the club. You know how important do you think that's going to be to to attracting players? Well, I hope for their sake it rains quite a bit in the next few <laughs> weeks, Tony. Because having been down the KG Five every week for the last few months watching cricket, it is bone dry down there and it's rock hard. Um, but um, I'm sure by the time they they start playing their home games there, which I don't think comes until October, they actually start playing the home games with the sort of cricket changeover and what have you. Um, it, the pitch will be in fantastic condition for sure. It's it's a it's just a quality outfield there. Obviously with the um, with the ground staff they've got there, I've got to give them a word, I suppose. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Josh Butler in particular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great job. That's a great so, job. Certainly not the the head groundsman. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think yeah, moving sort of like their first team games to the KG Five just part of the whole refresh of Rangers, and I'm very much in agreement with what uh, Jim says. There. It's very much going to be a, a steady progress sort of thing they're looking for. It's it's not going to be a revolution in one season where they're going to be sort of fighting out for wee places or anything quite yet. Um, they have got some a lot of potential in their junior ranks. Um, obviously, I, I was very impressed by um, Sam Heathcote last year in the under 18s. Um, he could be quite a big presence in their midfield. But um, yeah, if if Rangers can manage to sort of push up a couple of places and just start building that sort of, I mean, like we were talking about the Saints ethos, they, that's what the Rangers, I think, will be looking to build. Chris Tardos, obviously a former professional, he's, he's a winner. Um, so they'll be looking to get that sort of just more of a confident mentality going forward. And um, yeah, like Chris says, it's all about just being competitive this year as much as possible. And I'm sure they'll pick up some quite a few points along the way and um yeah, perhaps um, look to get sort of fifth or sixth, maybe. Yeah, just two wins and two draws uh, last season for, for Rangers. But 
I think most people would expect them to to do better than that this year, despite the sort of, yeah, as you guys have said, you know, relatively modest kind of playing changes. Um, did you get an offer in Harry from Rangers? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Must have got lost in the post. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think long term, definitely, this new structure at Rangers will have a massive, a massive benefit for them. But I think the name of the game over here is transfers and getting new bodies in, and they've probably not got enough to really improve. They've lost Brad Foss as well, who I thought was probably their best player and their main real source of creativity. He's gone to Bells and he he looked a real player when we played him in pre-season, and he's looked really good for them over the last few years. So I think as much as getting someone like Marlon in who's going to add goals up front is going to be big, I think losing Brad Foss, who is basically the one who's going to provide it, is also pretty big and it's going to even out quite a bit. I think Seb Shepard's a good signing in goal. But um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure we're going to see massive improvements on the pitch this year. I think over the next few years we certainly could because that's a great new coaching team they got in. Obviously, Rob as a director of football. It'd be interesting to see what his role is with Rangers. But I think that coaching team in particular is really strong now, having that three-man coaching team. And yeah, obviously that youth system. There's quite a few teams over here who really lack a youth system. At, at Rec, we don't really. I don't think we have an under 18s, which is quite mental. I think that's probably the same at a couple other clubs. So them having that pipeline of players who play, you know, island football at that level coming through is going to be big for them. But you know, as I've said, um, probably not this year. So I think probably slight improvements on the pitch this this time around. But I don't think they're going to be massively moving up the league to be honest just yet. Well, interesting journey ahead, I'm sure. Um, you mentioned Wreck there. Let's come on to to them now. Um, yeah, obviously a, a sort of a middling few seasons for them. Uh, seventh last year. Um, yeah, some way clear of Mansfield Rangers, um, sort of towards the bottom of the table, but but also some way out of touch with the uh, the top three and four. Um, so big changes underfoot down at the Corbett Field. Mark Romerall coming in as uh, the new coach. Here's what he had to say. We put into place a sort of six, seven week pre-season uh, schedule, which has, um, you know, so that there's some genuine structure, obviously new coming to the club. We had to sort of start from the bottom really and see what we had to work with. And um, to be fair, we've had a really good response. We've been getting sort of 25 uh, lads on average to training uh, twice a week. So, you know, we've been playing a number of pre-season friendlies and um, yeah, at the moment, you know, it's um, everything's going well with just over a week to go before our first game. So I think we're happy where we are at the moment. Oh, brilliant. And yeah, obviously, you know, sort of new, new club crest. Yeah, it's a kind of very much a refreshed image down there. Um, has everything been sort of really well received, you know, as far as you're concerned? Yeah, I mean, I think it was something that the club were looking to do for a few years now. Um, I think with it being Valrex's 90th um, year anniversary, I think the, you know, the committee were quite keen to sort of refresh a few things. And, um, you know, they've been talking about changing the badge. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good because the, the first team, the Prio team, you know, the kit will be, you know, represented that new badges being, um, will be on the new kit, which is absolutely fantastic. But yeah, generally the backing we've had has been fantastic. You know, they've, uh, they've backed us absolutely. You know, um, we've, we've invested quite a lot in, kitting out the first team with new home away kits and training kits um so yeah you know from you know literally you know something that rob has been quite keen to do as well so he's been quite imp um, influential in that area as well um so yeah it was a, it's a new beginning a new start and you know it starts with getting those kind of things in place really so yeah and, and yeah you know obviously yeah lots of change then sort of on and off the pitch have you guys set yourselves a target? I mean, kind of what would represent a good season? Um, yeah, given the number of changes. Yeah, I mean, it's all you know. It's 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 always 
um, you know, weary of setting targets in terms of points and league finish and stuff. I think, I think for me, this is a bit of a long-term project. It's, um, you know, we've got to realise what we're what we're going into. You know, there are obvious problems. You know, the team finished third from bottom last year. I think the main thing we're trying to, you know, the target for us really is to change the things that we can control. You know, the culture was, you know, is a big part of that. You know, we need to. You know, a bit professionalize the way that we're doing things in terms of training and you know it's controlling the controllables i guess and so a lot of it is you know the approach to things um you know we talked about kit before but you know lads turn up to training in the right kit you know just professionalizing things and then eventually sort of trying to achieve a mentality where we're going into games that we you know that we believe we can win you know because it's something that's probably been lacking so a lot of it that we've been doing behind the scenes is working on the cultural side of things also pathway which is really key and something that i've been lacking with the club in terms of you know the fact they've got no under 18s this year which is really disappointing and it shows that there's been a problem so we're trying to put in a pathway from youth football into senior football so that the lads coming through when they get to 16 and become open age footballers generally have a pathway into the first team which so it's a long term it's without doubt a long term project but hopefully if we can get the basics right over the next few years we'll start seeing the benefits of that Mark Rumrell speaking to me there he's brought quite a few players uh, in with him as well um, some from Manza some from elsewhere including you Harry um, just give us a, a window into the, the sort of vibes at Velrec at the moment yeah, everything everything seems really promising so far. I think everyone at the club last year would have been really disappointed to come sort of seventh because that seems a bit low, especially with having quite a few quality players at Velrak. I think quite a few of the new signings will have a big impact, especially the ones that are here full-time, maybe me not so much. But um, players like Louis Travers, for example, I've not really seen that much of in local football. Looks like a real talent. He looks really good up front. I don't think... Yeah, he's, I mean, Romers was saying um, the other week, his rec haven't had someone like that leading the line consistently in, in years. So someone like him will be huge. And then quite a few of the signings. Thiago, of course, really exciting player. Be interesting to see what he does. And I think in general, getting Romers and Malks in is, is huge. They seem to be setting up a real philosophy at rec, trying to get in that real message they're trying to promote. And I think it could be huge um, for rec. It'll be interesting to see how, how rec can do overall on the pitch, if they can really go and push you know, and ultimately push for a wee-way spot for a, for a mid-table spot because there's teams like Sylvans who maybe have lost quite a few players. So it'll be interesting to see if Rhett can push, can push there and try and come above a team like Sylvans, teams like Bells. Obviously, there's quite a lot of change going on at Bells now, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. So, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating season, I think. But I think, you know, I don't want to speak too biasly, but definitely moving in the right direction is how I'd sum it up. Gath, as we say, seventh last season for, for Rhett. Do you expect them to improve on that? Uh, yeah, I do, Tony. Valrec... It's one, they've been really struggled over the last few years just for consistency of putting out a, a team. I mean, last year I went to watch them at the Nor- at Northfield in the Grand Four Road derby where they beat North and sort of almost ended North's Premier League title hopes. And they thoroughly deserved to win that night. And then sort of like, you know, six days later, they're putting out a side unrecognisable from the one that's just won. That was it's very sort of typical of Wreck over the last few years. Um, so under sort of like the, the new coaching team of um, Rommers and uh, Malcolm Simmons, I think that they hopefully we'll have just a more consistent um, squad put out every week and if they do that they can build a bit of momentum and um, I would expect them to certainly pick up more points than they did last season yeah Mm. and Jim as Harry mentioned no under 18s at Corbett Field um, this season I know Romers has already got his eye on you know the sort of the under 12s under 13s whatever coming through but that's some way away Um, how difficult is it going to be for them to sort of bridge that gap 
I think that the the decline in youth, which happened, you know, has happened across other clubs as as well, tends to send a bit of a signal out about a club, really. And it's you know not nothing personal against anybody, but it's you know it's it's far from ideal. Even if your players are not going to push for 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 prior spots, effectively, you know, you ought to be looking at your junior ranks to say, look, you know, where are these lads going across the club? Because if your railway is stronger, then your Jackson should be stronger, then your Priya should be stronger, etc. And if you haven't got any of that, it just makes it all seem a little bit a little bit fragile. Uh, and Rec, I think, uh, were particularly fragile last year. I saw them last game of the season against Rovers, where effectively you know, one of the best things they did was somebody fouls somebody and get a yellow card. And it was a celebration. At least somebody was showing a bit of effort. Uh, you know, they just absolutely fell apart towards the end of the season. And I think, um, you know, they would need to try to start strongly, uh, you know, get a, a rapid rebuild and um, then hopefully, you know, try and progress from there. But I think as, as Gareth is indicating, consistency will, will be important. Right, that's the first half of the pre-league done. Uh, we're going to just turn our attention um, to something that's coming up in the pages of the Guernsey Press over the next few weeks. To do that is Rangers Director of Football, Rob Battist. How are you doing, Rob? Not so bad, Tony. Not so bad. Yeah, we'll come on to what you've got coming up in the paper uh, shortly. But yeah, how's things going at St Andrews slash the KG5? Going pretty well. Um, it's difficult to sort of get um, paint a, a really bright picture um, at the moment, because I mean, it's such a big job, really. You can't turn a club around overnight. Um, you know, it's a slow build. And I think I've been trying to say to people that clubs like North, for example, Rovers, who won the Rawlinson Cup the other day, their current success is built upon years and years of of building. You know, they've got their home. Um, one of the biggest issues Rangers have is having sold um, sold out at the track, you know, some time ago, when it was probably in the 80s or 90s, um, to go to St Andrews, um, I think, looking back at that myself, it's a, it was a massive mistake because they sold their identity. You know, you can, I think our job today would be so much easier if Rangers were still based at the track, sharing sharing those, you know, that great pitch and those fantastic facilities. St Andrews is great in terms of what, uh, for, for the lower teams, but I think in terms of attracting players... You know, and and the overall image of the club, St Andrews is always going to be uh, hold you back. So we've got to slow, we've got to build at KG Five, use those that great surface and the facilities around there to sh- show that you know we are a a, a football club um, worth of uh, worth worthy of challenging all the other sides. Um, but it's a slow build. We've picked up a few new signings, probably not as many as we we'd hoped. But I know from seeing a lot of the. The um, training sessions, Chris Tardif, um, Andy Manning and Alex Provo have really got the boys going and there's a great spirit. They're very fit and certainly hoping and confident of improving on last year's position, which was, of course, bottom. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing how things go this year. Um, for you, what's your sense just sort of off the field of, you know, in terms of Guernsey football as a whole and, and the Premier League this season, what's your sense of how things are shaping up? I'm pretty sure it's going to be, a you know, North, St Martin and Rovers, well ahead of the rest, I think there's going to be two decisive, you know, splits. Um, 
those three teams are a, a, a step above the rest, if not two steps above the rest. And I think it's going to be really interesting down at the bottom end of the table where I think, to be honest, Rangers, Velrec, Alderney, Bells and Silvans are we much of a muchness. You mentioned Saints there. Obviously, had an unbelievable season last year. It'll be interesting to see if they feature in your your new um, segment in the paper, which is going to be appearing, I think, for the first time next week, every Saturday thereafter. Uh, just tell us about what it is and, and kind of why you wanted to do it. Well, I'm not sure it was one of those things I sort of stumbled across, really. I sort of suddenly thought, ah, wouldn't that be interesting in, in, in coming across, you know, trying to identify what was the greatest team per in one particular season? You know, we all remember various eras, you know, people will remember, the older people remember North in the 60s, St Martins in the 60s into the 70s, Valrec in the 70s into the 80s, Sylvans in the 90s, and more recently St Martins, it's around the early part of the 2000s and 2010-ish. And we all remember these these teams and these players and think, oh, they were a good team, you know, but what was the actual best team and what particular year? So with the with the with the aid of Richard Payne's fantastic um, statistical books, I've sort of been going through sort of those records and utilising a sort of a, a very very pretty simple formula, um, come up with a um, a top ten, um, and it, so all the top sides, of, you know, I imagined would be in there are there. There's one or two surprises, and um, so I'll be sort of focusing on those particular club sides week by week, going, you know, over the first three months of the season, and counting down to number one. Be good to think actually if people contribute in the, you know, to us, email us or contact myself or Gareth at the sports desk, letting us know who they think was the greatest club team they've actually ever seen, and. Um, because I'm sure everybody's got different opinions, but this is very much more, you know, it's based on statistics as opposed to opinion. Um, but to be honest, I'm, you know, what's come up, I'm not particularly too surprised. This week's an introductory piece, and um, um, but obviously number 10 will be the following Saturday. Yeah, one to follow then. Uh, cheers, Rob. Thanks for coming in. Best of luck with the season. We're going to be hearing from you sort of semi-regularly and uh, look forward to it. No problem. Well, let's continue with our team-by-team preview, guys. Um, next up, Rovers, who we spoke about, obviously, at the top of the pod. Uh, Rawlinson Cup winners in convincing fashion. Um, third last season, pinching um, that position um, from Sylvan's kind of right at the death. Uh, let's hear what their coach, Kev Gillies, had to say. Obviously, you know, we were the same last season where we were successful in the Rawlinson. And then when the league started, we were a bit slow off the mark. So um, hopefully we've learned some lessons but the uh, the group seem the group seem a bit hungrier this season, and uh, yeah, it's a perfect start for us. So we just want to push on now and be as positive as we can. Yeah, fantastic. You mentioned some sort of lessons learned from last year. What I mean, what what's the kind of key for you that you want to see from your side? You know, starting off that that league campaign. Just hunger, hunger from the go, rather than being you know being slow off the blocks like we were last season a bit. Um, yeah, just want us to really. You know, believe that we can do it this season. We've got our own goals that we want to achieve and um, we want to push for that this season. So I think with the group we've got and the mentality at the moment, the atmosphere is good around the squad. So, yeah, I think uh, anything's possible this season. And obviously we've seen quite a lot of movement um, in the league. Um, yeah, some pretty big changes, particularly at Rangers and Rec. And obviously with Manza folding, you know, players kind of going from there, uh, you know, across the league. I mean, what, what's the sort of summer been like at, at 
Portsmouth, you know, any significant comings and goings? Uh, business as usual for us, really. Um, obviously, the one the one incoming that of note was getting Louis Follar back from Sylvans, which is a, which is a massive transfer for us. You know, I think last season that was a position where we were really really unstable. We're having to use a lot of a lot of midfielders in the centre back role along with Toby. Um, so to have Louis back to partner Toby and Ben Latoc as well at the moment, who isn't who isn't uh, being selected for GFC, we uh, you know we look strong in that position. So that could be a be a big plus for us. But other than that, we we didn't really sign anyone, but we got a few players back. Um, Blair Howitt will obviously be a big plus, big plus for us with his power, and um, hopefully from next month we should have Finn back as well. So. Again, two big players. I mean, it's shaping up to be a pretty competitive season all round. I mean, as I mentioned before, you know, with Wreck and Rangers kind of strengthening significantly or, or at least kind of showing a bit more, you know, a bit more kind of organisation ambition. I mean, do, is that the sense you get that, that sort of top to bottom, the division is going to be a lot more competitive this year? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, obviously, it was a, you know, it was the top four were close last season. Um, I still expect the top three to sort of, probably play their own little league but I think the rest of the uh the, the, the league will be a lot tighter you know t- all the teams seem to have improved a bit so uh it'd be interesting to see our rec get on you know uh, hopefully it goes well for Rommers you know I, I know he put in a lot of work at Manza uh so yeah it'd be interesting and Chris as well at Rangers so new ideas and can only make the league better and when you say the top three sort of play in their own league presumably you're including yourselves in that yeah I think um the top three from last season, Saints, North and, and Rovers would be the teams that other teams would be looking at, I think, as the uh, as the marker. Kev Gillies speaking to me there. Jim, obviously we spoke a bit about Rovers at the top. Um, yeah, third last season. How close can they get to Saints and North? Mm, that's a really interesting question, having seen Friday night. Now, now, obviously, Rovers haven't had done too much transfer business this summer. So Louis Fowler has come in from Silver or returned from Sylvans, uh, and that is about it. Um, however, they started the season with no Finn Whitmore. Not that he was much more than a 50% uh, player last year anyway. Um you know, they look like they've got uh, all the ingredients. And what they've got this year is the opposite to Saints and North. You know, last year, Rovers lost uh, basically a, a whole team, a whole first team due to injuries, uh, leaving the island, unavailability, going to GFC. Uh, this year, it seems that a lot of that is being reversed. So uh, uh, Ben Latoc was back at centre-back on uh, Friday night, whether he will feature for GFC, I don't know. Uh, Tyler McCain, again, was has been training with GFC, but he was on the bench for Rovers there. Um, Sam Hall was man of the match and consistently, it turns out, good performances. James Grundy popped up with two goals from, from somewhere. Again, a, a guy who always seems to be able to play above himself. They've got a lot of ingredients, Rovers, and kind of more power to add because um, Finn Whitmore, I understand, is going to run a marathon soon and won't train or play until he's done that but you know so he could be back in the mix more regularly than than he did last year there's two things wrong with the rovers challenge if you like one is they will almost inevitably concede a goal for, from some uh hiccup and i think that has cost you know seeing them last year play some games 
dominating matches and then first time the team gets an attack on them that they concede you know and that makes life very difficult the other thing is they are terribly inconsistent up front uh max simpson cohen has hot streaks and uh very uh cold streaks uh and he was you know <laughs> i thought suitably inconsistent again on, on friday you know played well but caught offside far too many times um you know, Martin Savinov scored a very good goal. Also, blazed about six way over the bar. Uh, and they need more consistency from those guys up top. It's all very well dominating possession and dominating games if you can't finish teams off. Uh, so Rovers have you know have a lot of ingredients there, but whether the the, um, the 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 recipe is quite right, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, they do seem to have a good thing going on down at Portsmouth over the last few years. It's always a it's a nice place to go down to, obviously, with the caveat that it's always windy, you know, uh, classic. Um, but, you know, there's a good culture to that club. And the, it seems like Kev Gillies, you know, we, we sort of gave him some praise last season, you know, having dealt with um, the loss of quite a few players for kind of keeping the ball rolling down there, Gareth. And Yeah, I, I, I sort of believe after sort of hearing about the Rawlins and Cup final and certainly speaking to Kevin after their semi-final win that, um, they've certainly got a very confident outlook, I think, going into this season. They, they've played well so far pre-season. And, uh, yeah, like you say, Tony, it, it is something that's been sort of in place now at Rovers for a couple of seasons. And just, uh, I think Kevin's got a lot of respect down there from his players, which is always very helpful. And, uh, yeah, they just seem to have a, a pretty decent squad now. And it's quite a sort of a, a senior squad. They're not sort of like relying on juniors to step in too much if they're missing one or two. So they've just got people who can go out, go in and do a job for them um, sort of every game. So um, I'd, I'd certainly expect them to be a top three side this year. And if they can get some momentum going and building you know, they might be able to put a title challenge together. I think last year there was just there was just a period last year where they lost some momentum. I think it was sort of shortly after Christmas. They they sort of like struggled to pick up some points for, for several weeks in a row. Um, if they can sort of like get that down to a minimum this season, they could be challenging. And just yeah, just as Gareth was saying, there is there is a bit more experience in that in that squad. A lot of players who have come through the ranks at Rovers and grown and now they're sort of entering their prime players like Ben Latok and Tyler McCain entering that just level of a bit more maturity when there's so many youngsters coming through into the Prio now. They've got they've got that experience so many years playing for the, playing for playing in the Prio and then playing for GFC as well. And yeah, the squad is the squad is really strong at Rovers. They look so good in the Rawlinson, winning every game so convincingly. I think they scored thirteen goals, only conceded one in three games. And you know, obviously you can't look too much into pre season, but at the same time, you know, they can't be doing that well and not and not be in good shape going into the campaign. But I think the one thing Rovers have to do this year is start laying a glove on the big teams because last year, and I think Saints beat them quite easily three times out of three. It was at least two times out of three that Saints just eased past, and I think North probably did the same as well. So Rovers not, need to start getting results against Saints and North. And aside from that, if they can do that and then go and win against the sides you'd say they're stronger than on paper, they can easily you know, mount a title challenge, I think, especially with Saints and North. You know, on paper, probably getting a little bit weaker. Rovers don't have any players that I think will commit to GFC fully. So I think Rovers could be right up there and could be right in the midst of a title challenge. Lots to look forward to down at Portsmouth. Um, up in St. Peter, Sylvan's, of course, one of the other sides who have been sort of there and thereabouts in the last couple of seasons, just sort of fell away um, last year, as you say, sort of pipped to the post um, for third um, by Rovers. They've got a managerial change as well. Mike Garnett coming in as, as head coach up there, stepping up from the number two role. Uh, let's hear what he had to say. Yeah, it's uh, the first time I've taken a, a job. I've, I've been involved in local football for a while now. So I'd been involved with the uh, assistant to uh, Marty Scott, the Ireland under 18s for about five years. 
I had one year assistant at Rangers and now I was in my fourth season at Sylvan's just stepping up now. Uh, privileged to be asked, so really grateful to be given the opportunity and uh, taking taking the lead role. But saying that, it's uh, we, we are a team, myself, John Colonnet, Martin Govine and Anna Govine. Um, we're, we're all a team, a, a coaching team, and that's what you need uh, for a long pre-o season. What's the thing that's got you most excited about taking it on? And I suppose as well, what's the biggest challenge for you going into the season? Um, I, I think it's uh, for us, it's about consolidation. Um, we've had a, a change in personnel, I think, as all, all teams have, with people people leaving and people coming in and players coming in. So it's it's a case now of of just making sure the team gel. We've tried something a little bit innovative this time in that we've uh, trying to link ourselves between us and the players with kind of a, a leadership group, which is also there to to gel a group of players together with different age groups. We've got some under 16s and we've got some who are in their early 30s. So it's just making sure that everybody's together on that. And we've got some players in there who are captains taking a key role in, in making sure that that works and getting that team spirit. And at the moment, that seems to be good. We've, we've got players who are enjoying the football, enjoying being at Silvers, enjoying our philosophy. And uh, we're hoping that that really starts to show on the field. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, you mentioned the word philosophy there. You know, I think a lot of people have enjoyed Sil- watching Sylvans over the last few years, and um, the, you know, the way that the team has been set up and the, the kind of football that that's been played there. Is it very much for you? Is it a continuation of that? Have you got the squad to to carry on playing that way? Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, we've got some young players. We've got players who are keen to learn, and that, and that's what we have at Silvers. We, as I said before, we have players who enjoy their football, but we also have players who, who are keen to learn. And um, we've we've got the ones now. It will again as a team, and we want to be kind of about the sum of all parts. It's that's that's what we're aimed to be. Um, and, and as I said, everybody buys into philosophy of what we do, and we've we've got opinions and such within the team, but. Our, our playing philosophy doesn't change in the way that we play. We want to play good football. Can you sort of talk about targets of year? You know, what what would represent a good season for Sylvans this year? For the last three years, we've been a top four team. Uh, I mean, the COVID season, we were gaining a lot of points. We were we were winning against teams. We just got a, a win against St Martin, so we were aiming for a top two place then. The season following season, we were third, and last season we were fourth. So our consolidation is to be continue to be that top four team, hopefully making that a wee way place. We enjoyed being in the tournament last season and uh, got to the semi final. So hoping to do that again. Mike Garnett, speak to me there. Um, yeah, someone who's been around local football for quite a while, obviously um, with you know coaching college teams, um, being involved in Sylvans. Yeah, what do you make of that? Um, sort of move in the dugout, Jim. Yeah, he's a well-accredited coach and I'll be interested to see what impact he would have uh, running a, a first team at, at league level. Uh, obviously, he's not been helped by the summer of departures away from St. Peter's. It seemed that, you know, that, uh, quite often there's, you know, there's one club that everybody seems to want to uh, exit and uh, this year, for some reason, it's been Sylvans. So they've lost more players than anybody else, I would suspect. Although uh, one notable arrival in the form of uh, certain Indies central midfield star. Bench warming at the moment, <laughs> I, I noticed. Uh, no, um, yeah, Sylvan's uh, had uh, you know a decent season last year. Obviously, a very good season uh, in the COVID season when they ended up winning the FA Cup. 
I, I suspect you know they've lost too many players to to you know to be able to maintain that position of where they were. And I think they, the club has almost themselves effectively said that you know, this will be a season of consolidation. They got some. Uh, they won the under-16 league, so there'll be some decent young players that they'll be looking to bring through. George Montgomery was playing by the end of the last season uh, in the defence, and it'll be interesting to see how he can continue to develop. Um, they've just lost, frankly, almost all of their big names, haven't they? You know, um, I don't know what Carl Smith's intentions are this season, but um, haven't seen him. Uh, Jacob Fellows is GFC, Seb Smead... Um, America, Has he gone to think, US yeah. again? Uh, and then they've lost, you know, and uh, players like Harvey Liu, you know, a really good uh, quality squad player and, and people like that. And I think that's just too much for them to overcome. Is the target for Sylvan, do you think, Gareth, to be sort of top of the, the rest? Uh, probably, Tony. Best yeah. of the rest. Yeah, um, it's one of those. I mean, it's one of those things. When going to Sylvans, when you're in the opposition, will always be difficult. So I think Sylvans will be very much looking probably for their their home results to be sort of like the basis of their season. Um, like Jim says, they've lost a lot of players. Obviously, last year, um, Tim Apsham was making quite a big impression for them. Such a big impression. He's now scoring hat tricks with Bristol City Academy. But um, so he's another loss as well. Um, it's one of those things with Sylvans that they will get some decent results. I'm sure it's it's just sort of the nature of the beast. But will they be pushing for the wee way as much as they did do for the last couple of seasons? I'm not so sure. I, th- I think, like you say, it, it is a case of, sort of like the top three are, are pretty much perhaps nailed on with Saints, North and Rovers. And then Sylvans will be sort of fighting out with the rest to, to come out on top of that group. And they've won a lot of plaudits, um, Harry, for the way they've played Sylvans over the last few years. Um, Martin Garry's style, um, yeah, impressing people. You know, they're, they're pretty free-flowing, um, yeah, played the right way, so to speak. Um, yeah, how much did you kind of take note of the way they went about things, and do you think they can kind of keep that up? I guess. Yeah, well, it's been it's been really impressive the last few years with Silvers because sometimes even on paper, if they're looking, you know, a bit weaker than a lot of all their opposition, a lot of young players they haven't been trusting, and um, they've had great success with it though, and they've done they've done really well getting sort of fourth, uh, winning the FA Cup a couple of years ago, and that was using largely young players, 18, 18 19 year olds at the time, Simon Arnold. Corey Bruard, Seb Vance, players like that, all coming in. Uh, Thiago Rodriguez, another one, coming in and playing consistently in the Premier and being trusted to be sort of the main men for them. And this year is going to be fascinating with how many players they've lost. I know they've got a few coming in. They had, a, I think, a few from Rhett joined, Elliot Tart, and then Jack Smith just the other day. Um, both joined Sylvans. But, yeah, losing a lot of players is going to take its toll. So I'd say definitely a best of the rest would be the target. I think they'll continue to play the way they have for the last few years, sticking with their three-in-the-back style. They've definitely got a defined philosophy, which will help them regardless of who's playing for them. They'll keep trusting their youth. They've got a great youth system coming through, as mentioned, under-16 league winners. George Montgomery is playing pretty regularly now. I think he started and played most of the game against us last week in a pre-season friendly. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be a really interesting team this year, Sylvan. It's hard to really put... Uh, put a marker on where they're going to finish in the league. I suppose that's the same with most teams. And um, I've, said that, I've said that about most of the teams. But I think Silvers in particular with, with how much change has gone on personnel-wise at the club. So, yeah, I think it's, hard, it's really hard to predict. But, yeah, I think best of the rest is where they'll be targeting. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting. See how they go. Well, we've got two more teams um, to talk about. And two, probably the, uh, maybe the hardest to decide uh, or to predict kind of what's going to happen with. Um, Bells and Alderney finished fifth and sixth last season. Let's start with Bells, another, another team with a, a coaching change, one that's come right at the last minute. Stuart Simon um, stepping aside at the end of last week, replaced by Chris Lefriac, who I spoke to after that announcement. 
Well, it, it, for me personally, it was a it was something that was always on the cards. Um, obviously, not maybe not this season uh, originally as planned. Um, so we've sort of fast tracked it a little bit um, based on, like I said, the last couple of the twenty four hours, forty eight hours. But um, yeah, um, been among, been and around amongst the players um, in several other sort of capacities. The la- end of the last year, I was assisting in the in the prio. Uh, anyway, took a couple of games while the previous um, coaching team were away, and I took a couple of the preseason friendlies um, for this preseason, and been involved a little bit, but not as much as I had hoped to be planned because of the sort of the baby arrival. But yeah, um, I'm pretty pretty pumped and ready to go. To be honest, um, it's, it's a big task, but um, I, I absolutely I don't doubt that I've. Uh, got the right credentials for it for, for the role how are things sort of shaping up on the pitch are you pleased with the the squad that you've got available to you at the start of the season well it's it'd be no surprise i'm sure maybe you might speak to other people we have as well along with other clubs lost a fair amount of players we uh, this season uh i think that the, the fact that some have gone to play decided to take the, the challenge up to play gfc means that the clubs that, that lost those players uh are the t- the high uh, the top end of the league and um, it's no surprise that they've gone and looked to strengthen with the best players from the other teams so i don't think we're alone in, in sort of losing some uh, some of our players um but we're we're resolute we will we've brought in um uh young brad frost from rangers um, to go up, to go up front um, in the attacking options, and you know, like I say, like we have lost a couple, but we're um, we're a tough bunch down at the track. We're uh, you know we we aim to be hard to beat when on our day we can cause some upsets. Um, but we, we've got some targets internally that I probably won't mention today. But um, we we know as a group what we what we can do and what we've got to do at, at the start of this journey. Um, it is a long term project. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned the word journey there, and it's something that's been going on a couple of years in terms of rebuilding the the sort of junior mini sections and and everything. Um, is this season in the sort of target for you? Is it very much about just kind of moving that journey along in the right direction? Yeah, it's it's definitely about nudging it a little bit further forward. Um, we, I guess, we may have said that for the last couple of years, but every, every season closer to where we are providing our senior team with an influx of youngsters. Um, can't come quick enough for it, if I'm honest. So um, I think we've re- our, the youngsters have reached Corbett Cup um, uh, age group this year. So um, you know, a couple more years until we are, you know, uh, providing our own and bleeding the youngsters through. So um, again, uh, we've got some sort of targets we want to hit um, this season. But yeah, it will very much be a case of. Um, you know, another nudge along that path. I don't, I don't really want to comment too much on on Stu, but what I will say is that he, he started a journey um, himself and the club obviously decided that they sort of reached a point where um, something else was needed. Um, um, him and I are both completely different types of um, character and, and people. Um, and I feel like um, that I will take what he's done, the good work, uh, um, and I will inject something new into it. Christopher Freyhex speaking to me there. Yeah, very, very late coaching change and uh, yeah, a bit of drama down at the track. Um, Jim, how do you expect it to play out? 
Um, yeah, well, first of all, good luck to Chris. I mean, I, I, I've known him around at the track. He's been an absolute bell stalwart in their revival over the last two or three years, um, uh, running the minis, uh, restarting their vets team, um, doing the social media at, at, uh, at the track, uh, and he's done an excellent job. Surprised to see him running the um, Prio team, to be brutally honest, but uh, good luck to him. I think um, maybe... Bells might be looking a little bit at Rovers, you know, where Kevin Gillies really hasn't, you know, not much um, Prio playing credentials, but has done a great job in terms of, of um, holding the dressing room together and, and, and the squad and getting them playing for him. And maybe Chris, with his Bells credentials, uh, is, is capable of doing that. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, Bells men, if you like, in, in that dressing room, people who've grown up with the club. Um, you know, there'll be, no doubt there'll be some strong opinions. And I suspect there was possibly, you know, the the, um, the, the, the changing room might be um, uh, in part responsible for that for that change in, in, in management. But um, obviously they had one good result in the Rawlinson. They beat uh, Sylvans very easily. And then they were very poor, I understand, against Rovers in the semi-final. So, you know, um, who knows? Obviously, Bells is still largely dependent on that squad that was winning them titles five or six years ago now. Uh, you know, most of them disappeared and then have come back. I don't know how much longer they can carry on as, as a group. Um, last year, they started to do a little bit of a transition. I don't know if that will um, uh, you know, continue under, under Chris's watch, but uh, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, Bells last season, 11 wins, one draw, 12 losses, goal difference of zero. Um, so it's about as sort of down the middle as you can go. I mean, Gareth, is your sense though that, that they'll be looking down rather than up this year? Um, yeah, I'd have thought so, Tony. I mean, it, I think the, just the Rawlinson results sort of give a snapshot of where Bells are right now. You know, they're capable of beating beating sides on their day. They've still got a lot of ability in their ranks. Um, will there be any consistency? It's it's hard to say. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, they're, they're not going to be pushing for a wee-way spot this year. So it, it is very much a case of what they can pick up uh, against the rest. Um like I say, there is ability in that squad, so I expect them to win certainly a handful of games here and there. It's just um, whether they can build momentum and, and the consistency of getting a side out. I mean, without wanting to be disrespectful, some of their guys are now getting sort of towards the end of their career and, you know, playing week in, week out isn't always the easiest thing. So um, we'll see how they go on that account. Yeah, and Bell's another club sort of rebuilding their youth system, Harry. Um, do you expect them to have the legs... Uh, in the, in that side, as, as the other guys have said, you know, to carry them through a campaign and a successful one. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's hard to say because they have got they got a lot of quality in the squad, but yeah, a lot of aging players, a lot of players who are probably playing a bit more vets football now. I know that quite a few who were playing pre a few years ago for them have started playing vets, and you'll probably continue continue to see that trend over the next couple of years for sure. And yeah, they're a side that they're a side that seem to normally start games well and then tail off towards the end, which you know isn't really a surprise. So it's just about can they get these players who are a bit younger coming through and playing consistently in the pre for them? Brad Foss, who I mentioned earlier, is a big coup for them. I think, obviously, a younger player. I think he's 21 years old. So having someone like him to play pre consistently will be big, someone with those legs. And, you know, the Welsh brothers, the Welsh brothers are playing regularly for Bells now in the pre but it's just whether they can get that blend of quality and, you know, the legs. So, so um, yeah, I don't, I don't know with Bells. So obviously, fifth last year, very middle of the road. I think probably looking a little bit 
down, but it's hard. It's hard to say because there is still, of course, so much quality and so much talent in the squad. But I just don't think they will have the legs to to go for the full season and really push high up the league. And we haven't mentioned Dave Merris, of course, the former pro. You know, with with undoubted quality um, involved in the uh, coaching setup behind behind the scenes as well. And uh, you know, what impact will will Dave have? Have will he have more impact now? Um, we'll have to see. Yeah, a bit more influence. Well, the side they were. Alongside in the table and our final team in our preview, probably the side that the Guernsey teams, you know, again, will go in sort of knowing perhaps at least about, you know, we haven't seen them in pre-season. Alderney, they've lost their captain, Ross Benfield, um, who I think has gone down to Australia. He's been such a big presence for them uh, in the side over the last few years. Um, well, I spoke to their player coach, Josh Concannon, to find out how they're shaping up. Uh, yeah, we're all, we're all good, mate. We're always we're nice and prepared, so... Um... Yeah, um, look, look, just as always, and I think a few of the lads as well just look forward to getting back playing. It's nice to, nice to have the Premier League back on to watch as well. So, yeah, I think I think we all enjoy the football season. A couple of significant departures, notably um, Ross Benfield, uh, he's played such a big role for you guys in the last few years. Um, so, is this season? Is it a bit about kind of trying to bring through a few youngsters? I mean, how big a blow is that to to lose him? And I don't, I don't think he'd like me saying it, but probably not so significant. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but no, big big loss, mate. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, like I say, it's time for the, the, a few of the youngsters coming through. It's, they have to they have to come and prove them prove themselves. Um, so, yeah, the more more playing time they're going to get, the better they're going to get as well. Um, I, I, I suppose I'm, I'm looking forward to the Ireland games with them as well because that'll be their first sort of uh, blood test of coming in and like when you're playing the Ireland man or teams like Guernsey themselves, Jersey, because a lot of them they've probably never experienced playing against players like that. So. You can only really tell once you uh, put them in and see how they get on. What you know? What is the sort of depth of, of talent like at the moment in Alderney, particularly uh, you know with the young players? Have you got the the replacements there to bring through? Uh, yeah, am, am I allowed to tell you that? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, there's more than enough talent here, mate. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of youngsters coming through as well. They're, I mean, it's good that we've been getting back on track with the kids' training, which is. As you saw from, I suppose Barcelona with the way that they uh, done it, um, it's very important to have a youth system that's going to produce good quality. And um, what about at the sort of more senior end? Uh, you know, in terms of the sort of strength and depth overall, the strength of the squad. Have you got a team that can, you know, that can compete in the Prio this season? Yeah, of course we have. Um, I mean, there is, like I say, it's. it's it's a juggling game over here. It'd be nice to have a few more down in Guernsey, but um, I mean, I'll produce what I can with who we've got. And I mean, I'm I'm sure enough. I'm not I'm not saying we'll be challenging for the league this year. It might take a few years introducing youngsters, but they'll certainly be more than willing to um do the, do the game plan get on get on with it and hopefully in a few m- more years um, i might be retired by then they can uh, carry on still competing like we are yeah obviously it's been a very dry summer how's the pitch looking up there uh i don't think most away teams will want to see it mate to be honest <laughs> <laughs> very very bobbly at the minute um 
Nah, same same as always. Never changes over here. It's too it's, it's too much sand on that pitch, sadly. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be bobbly. Uh, a lot of t- a lot of teams have wised up to that, and they come over and they know they're gonna come for a. Well, we do, we know as well. You have to come for a battle to earn a earn a say one nil, two nil. There's not many thrashings over here. Um, sad, sadly, that's just yeah the pitch and the way it is. But yeah, they're they're all wise to it now. So I, I don't expect um, yeah I don't expect them to come and play. I don't know, like like say Barcelona again. I don't I don't expect them to come play football like that. I just expect a good old good old battle and then have a beer with him afterwards mate fantastic I'm sure they'll all be looking forward to it and what about you as uh, as coach and as kind of the leader of that that squad how's your motivation is it as strong as ever yeah good mate uh, I mean I had problems with my father the last year um, he wasn't very well so I kind of switched off a bit but yeah no I've been I'm right back at it now mate and the next uh, sort of generation they they need that motivation um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be pushing them as hard as I possibly can to make sure make sure that Alderney football is in a very good way. Alderney player coach Josh Con Cannon there. Um, yeah, I'm sure an absolutely rock solid pitch up at Mount Hale um, for the teams to, to look forward to visiting this season. I mean, I, I suppose, Jim, for me, the, the good thing is that Alderney are in the league at all. Oh, I love the fact that Alderney uh, play in the Prio. I think you know, and they're. Um, uh, mentality and approach is always uh, a challenge to, to anybody. It's pretty rare that you get Alderney um, uh, caving in. You know they always give teams a, a difficult game. You know I think uh, for you know somebody of my era that they're very much kind of Wimbledon of the um, of the uh, of the setup. You know no one likes them. They don't care. Um, Josh, uh, you know always has. Um, yeah, last year I thought he was wildly optimistic in in his expectations, and actually, the, you know, they did all right. You know, when when you thought that they would struggle, uh, the difficulty always there is replacing quality quality squad members, and somebody like Ross Benfield definitely one of the best three or four players in that in that squad, and they've done pretty well in recent years in bringing through younger players. Because you know, every younger player that they bring through, we've never or very rarely seen hide nor hair of them, uh, and yet you know, they somehow seem to have this production line in Alderney of guys who can uh, come in and you know, and do a job in in the Prio. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues. You're looking forward to going up there if you can, Harry. Oh, I think I'm going to miss the away days. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ten to September, I think something like that. Yeah, I've never actually been. I've never actually been to Alderney for a game. I wish I could have. I wish I could have challenged to be in that in that squad, but yeah, I'm going to miss it. I think Alderney this season, it's you know it's the same going as every season. Know nothing about them, but you can go to Mount Hale and expect a tough game. I don't think any any team in the league can go up there and think they're going to win. So you know, Alderney always going to be in and around mid table just because at home they're always going to do pretty decent. And besides that, I can't really predict too much about them, but I expect it to be more the same maybe. A big season, a long season ahead for them in particular with an Island Games at the end of it, Gareth. Uh, do you think that'll be a, a kind of extra motivator to kind of uh, sort of keep things on the, the straight and narrow, if you like, and sort of focus in? I think it always will be, Tony. I mean, you know, Alderney, uh, they're always sort of building towards their, their big days, either Marathi semi-finals or sort of like, as you say, Island Games, which obviously they've they've missed, like everyone's missed out on for um, because of the COVID issues as well. So um, um, there's there's always something to aim for there towards the end of the season. Like Harry says, it's going to Matt Hale is always a big thing for any side. And if you come away from there with any points, you, you always think it's a bit of a bonus, really, because they're always so strong at home. Um 
what sort of side they'll be able to travel with is always open for debate, but they just tend to give people decent games. So, um, yeah, it's, it is hard to predict how they'll get on. Um, like everyone said, Ross Benfield's a big loss for them, but... Yeah, Alderney will always pose a threat for, for anybody, really. Right, so that's the eight teams previewed, eight coaches heard from. Um, in terms of the sort of structure of local football, Jim, a little bit of a change this year, particularly with the Jackson. Yeah, that will be interesting. I wonder how many Prio players will end up playing a hatful of, uh, of Jackson games. Not that there really is a hatful of games to play. So the structure of the league now will see only eight matches played midweek and then a group stage major cup. So the Jackson season will be over by um, middle of January. Um, I hope it's... Uh, some benefits to, to the league. Uh, I think, you know, whatever people might think of the rights and wrongs of the decision, it was clear that the Jackson structure was no longer working for the majority of teams. Only a very few clubs had um, had a proper Jackson squad and for the many of the rest it was an exercise in trying to fill shirts every Sunday. So, it, you know, it will be interesting. I do hope... All games are going to be played midweek now under lights, or almost all games. And I do hope that teams don't just give the Prio a run out mid midweek as well. You know that they do use it to bring through uh, to bring through new players uh, or younger players, particularly. And um, yeah, let's see how it goes. So as I said at the top, um, we've got the Martinet on Tuesday night, Saints um, against North. Um, the league season kicks off on Friday night. Saints going up to North in the opening game in the FNB Prio League, um, and then three games on Saturday. Bells host Rangers, it's Sylvans against Alderney and Wreck take on Rovers. You're going to feature in that one, Harry? No, I've got, I'm, I'm going away on the 26th and yeah, because GFC are playing on the 27th, so I'm doing the media duties for that. So unfortunately, we'll be missing the first game, which is not the most convenient timing, but yeah, that's life. Well, best of luck with the season. We'll be back uh, every week throughout it with a football podcast. So keep your ears uh, out for those um, talking Prior League, talking lower leagues, talking women's football, talking GFC. We'll have um, lots more um, on the green lines next week, I think, after their double header this weekend, including their first home game. Um, they welcome Tooting and Mitcham on bank holiday Monday. Talking about Tooting and Mitcham, has anybody seen the One Shot programme on Sky? Um, you know, documentary series about young lads making it in football. It's a really good watch. Uh, but I was very surprised to sit there focusing on a couple of guys at Tooting and Mitcham, one of whom works in a supermarket and at McDonald's and then finishes his shift at 2am and gets a message while he's doing it saying, can you make the flight to, to go to Guernsey the following day? Um, <laughs> uh, and then you know, so does that and then doesn't get off the bench. But it was great to see uh, you know, GFC match footage for about five, ten minutes in that programme. And it's, yeah, it's a really interesting series. Uh, it shows um, a little bit about uh, what you know, the likes of Ben AC and, and Alex Scott and, and Tim Apsion are, uh, are you know, kind of going through themselves at the moment. Yeah, great. I'll uh, check that one out. Um, as ever, you'll find the very best local football coverage uh, in the pages of the Guernsey Press. So uh, do pick up a paper six days a week. We'll be featuring all of the um, clubs over the course of the week ahead of the kickoff on Friday night. So um, yeah, lots to look forward to this season. Thanks very much, guys. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Teddy. Cheers. Cheers.